Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hello, loves. Welcome to another episode of Vinyasa in Verse. How are you on this beautiful day? Wherever you are, I hope you can find some beauty. Though the day may not feel beautiful for you, there is always some potential for beauty anywhere. Even if it's in just looking at your hands or taking a full breath in, know that beauty is around you wherever you are, even in those days where you feel unsteady, in those days where you feel like everything is against you, there's always some light. So take time to find that moment, to hold on to it and let it steer you through the storm. Or if you're having a great day, awesome. Just take in all the light and carry it with you wherever you go. Okay, so for today's episode, I have gotten my book, The Gift by Hafez, and I have ruffled all the pages. Here's the poem that came forward. This is called Everywhere. Running through the streets, screaming throwing rocks through windows, using my own head to ring great bells, pulling out my hair, tearing off my clothes, tying everything I own to a stick and setting it on fire. What else can Hafez do tonight to celebrate the madness, the joy of seeing God everywhere? Hmm. That's sort of like what I was saying just now about finding beauty anywhere, because beauty and God are the same thing. The light same thing. The the essence, the high vibration, that's everywhere. And it's just a matter of us being mindful of that and stopping in the midst of whatever uprising is happening, whatever chaos might be happening around you. It's up to us to get that awareness to be like, oh, okay, this is a storm that I'm in. I don't have to be rocked with it. I don't have to get moved by it necessarily. I can just stay here and be grounded to be rooted into earth and to look for those things that remind me of the divine essence that I am, for the things that call me back to myself so that I know and can stand in self-trust that I will weather this storm, that I will see or be better on the other side of whatever challenge might be happening today. Or if you know, whatever happening, whatever challenge might be happening tomorrow, you know, or whatever challenge has happened and you're still emerging from it. No matter what it is, you are capable. I am capable. We're all capable of holding ourselves, of staying firmly rooted and grounded and allowing for that experience to happen and allowing for that experience to grow us, to evolve us. Yeah. So I really think that the timing of this, as always, is impeccable. So let me just read it again, and then we'll move on to the topic for today. This is called Everywhere. Running through the streets, screaming, throwing rocks through windows, using my own head to ring great bells, pulling out my hair, tearing off my clothes, tying everything I own to a stick and setting it on fire. What else can Hafez do tonight to celebrate the madness, the joy of seeing God everywhere? Now, I don't recommend setting everything you own on fire. (laughs) This is Hafez speaking about how ecstatic 
he feels, how ecstatic it is to connect with the divine, to see the divine everywhere. Even if you feel disconnected, to just look out and say, oh, look, there's a tree, how magnificent, how beautiful. And to really just stand in awe of it, to be mesmerized by its magnificence. Um, so good, so good. So I just dropped a bunch of papers, but it's fine. <laughs> So for th this episode today, um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what it means to rest and what it means to go on retreat. Um, you know, as, as some of you who follow me know, I am hosting a retreat in upstate New York at the end of the month, end of July, and um, the deadline to, to register is coming up. But I wanted to just talk a little bit about what happens at my retreats, because there are a lot of people out there who are offering retreats and there are a lot of people who have conce conceptions or expectations or perceptions of what happens at a retreat or what a retreat is and, and what happens um, at the end when you walk away. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit first about how important it is to rest because we live in a culture and a society where there's a lot of focus on doing. In order to be valued as a member of the society, you need to do something, you need to produce something. You know, I remember in graduate school uh, at the PhD program um, at UC Santa Cruz, there, um, there, there was, uh, there, that program relies, um, is very theory heavy, we'll say. And, um, you know, I was in a post-colonial theory seminar and I remember reading about cultural production, you know, and I was like, what? And I thought that was so fascinating to me that the language of thinking about how a person can produce culture. And I was, it, I mean, I, I was like, my mind was like, how do I, how do I, what? I don't know how to wrap my head around that. Um, but the language itself already is capitalistic, right? To think about culture as a product was very off-putting to me. I was like, wait, I don't know. That's not, that doesn't compute. <laughs> but I guess for that, um, for that seminar and just for the, for theories in general, we need certain ways of speaking about things so we can get to the actual idea and the concepts that we want to explore. But still I was, I was really hung up on that idea of cultural production. And so that's where rest comes in. We live in a world where your value as a human being, as a member of society is often, and in this capitalist, capitalist society particularly, is um, your value is often reflected in how much you produce. You know, like how many sales did you make this week? Um, what, how much did you get done on your to-do list today? Did you do the laundry? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be business production, for example. It could just be, you know, things like, well, did you clean the house? Did you run the errands? Did you, it's doing right? It's like, there's a lot of doing. We do, 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 do. Our, our to-do list just seems endless. And I know um, for a lot of women, we, we kind of joke around and are like, oh, should we just add on to the to-do list? Do we just rewrite the to-do list over and over again? You know, and some folks, they write everything on a to-do list. Um, I do that when I want to get everything out of my head. I call it a universe list. Um, 
and I make a list of everything. It doesn't even have to be the to-dos. It could be like things I need to remember or, you know, notes to myself about, you know, some spiritual practice I want to try, whatever it is. So the universe list is just everything, right? It's sort of a mind dump, but in list form. It's very helpful. But that's different from a to-do list, you know, and we have this culture where we are tying our worth in with how much we do. You know, if we rest, we want to take a nap for, you know, whatever reason, maybe we're just tired. Maybe we feel called to go lie down. You know, that's happened to me where I'm like, I had a good night's sleep, but now suddenly my body wants to lie down and I'm not sure why, but I'm going to go listen to that. I'm going to go do that. Um, But often when we do that, if we actually allow ourselves to nap, we feel guilty, you know, and, you know, start thinking and I'm, you know, and I, and I do this too. So I'll admit, you know, I do this too, and I'm still working on it, but we're all works in progress. So I'm not flagellating myself on that. But I am admitting that, yes, when I nap, sometimes, not always, sometimes I feel bad about napping because my ego says, well, you could have been doing X, Y, and Z instead. You could have sent out that email. You could have reached out to that friend. You could have done this. You could have written that poem. You could have written that, that, that story or whatever, um, which really sucks because then you don't even get to enjoy the nap. Or at least when you wake up, you don't enjoy the rest that you received after having napped. Now I'm better about this where I'm able to nap and it's like, yes, I feel great. I'm so glad I did it. Awesome. But a lot of us need training, (laughs) need practice in resting. You know, um, we have a culture that sends us messages that we need to hustle for everything. We need to work really, really hard to earn money to pay the bills. We need to hustle to sell the thing so that we can pay the bills. Um, We need to pay the bills. I mean, I'm not suggesting, I'm not implying not to pay the bills, but what I'm saying is that there are other ways of being that can support the way we live in this world. And it's, it's something that is a work in progress. You have to experiment here and there, but what would it look like if your life put rest as a top priority. Now I'm not saying, you know, you got to nap every day or you got to nap twice a day or whatever, but what if you said no to work at a certain time, let's say like 5 PM and you had dinner. And then after that, instead of going back to work, which is, I, I know a lot of people tend to do, or instead of going to a device, maybe read a book or listen to some music. I mean, everyone's into the Netflix and chill thing. And yeah, that's cool. That's part of resting. But is it, you know, let's also think about the quality of rest. Are our minds resting? Or are they being distracted by other things so as not so as to avoid looking at the things that might pop up? You know, so for example, I do a lot of talking about healing, you know, and in the healing journey and the healing process, stuff comes up, you know, when we get hurt, when we experience trauma, when we get wounded, those things as a defense mechanism, our bodies, our subconscious minds stuff that down somewhere. Usually it's the hips, but, you know, somewhere where we 
consciously don't necessarily know where they are. But then when we intentionally use our conscious mind to work towards healing, then that stuff that we stored away that we thought was gone forever, that we like, if we tamp it down, it won't come back up. Maybe we would never have to see it again. Not the case. When we start to do the healing work, that stuff starts to loosen. That start stuff starts to open up and then it wants to be released. And in order for that to be released, it actually needs to come through the body and out of the body. It can't just dissolve and then like snap, it's done, it's over. It's not like you take a nap and then poof, you're all healed. If that were that easy, oh man, this world would be such a better place. <laughs> so to think about how we rest, right? And how that rest, that quality can help us be still, can help us clear our minds, can allow for our intuition, for our inner wisdom to come through and say, hey, you know what? Here's the next thing. Here's where we want to be guided. You know, our ancestors may try to speak to us while we're resting, our spirit guides, you know, our whole team, our whole spiritual team is probably talking to us right now and we don't hear it because we're so steeped in doing. So when you rest, you allow for divine guidance to come through. And with divine guidance, your path becomes more in flow. It becomes less static, less sticky. Now, it's not to say that it's not hard. There are hard parts. I mean, hard parts are are part of the growing process. You know, when you experience some kind of challenge, that's an invitation to grow. And that's awesome if it's divinely guided. But if you're trying to force something and it feels really like painful and suffering, that's different from hard then you're not necessarily following the guidance, which is okay. That's your choice, right? Free will is what we got. But to think about how much more easily we can move through life when we can hear our inner guidance and that requires rest. And so that's what happens at retreats. You know, some people, they go to retreats, they go to yoga retreats and they're like, okay, what are we doing? Yoga? Like, twice a day what that's what really and then a hike in between but what are we what are we retreating from I mean I guess we're retreating from our daily lives and then we're just going to get steeped in yoga and lots of doing that's what it sounds like to me but my retreat is more about being it's about coming away from your everyday life to be with nature because the the retreat place is in the mountains of upstate New York. It's beautiful there. So much lush green all around. So to retreat from your daily life, from the crazy to do, the do-do-do stuff, to come away from that, to come to this place in the mountains and to just be, to be who you are. You're invited to move through some gentle yoga in the morning before breakfast, but you don't have to come. What I do is invite folks to come for body movement because our somatic bodies need to heal as well. Moving our bodies helps us connect more immediately with the present moment, helps us connect with our spiritual temperature, so to speak, like where we're at on that day. And when we know where we are, 
mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, we know how to move forward. Because we all have ideas of where we want to be, but it's hard to do that if we don't know where we're starting. If you think about the the Google Maps as an analogy, right? Google Maps knows where you're starting from, and then it can design the path, the directions on how to get to your destination. But if you have your destination, you don't know where you're starting, how can we get there, right? So tuning in with the body helps us be aware of where we're starting from. And then once we have breakfast, which is so, I love breakfast, my favorite meal of the day. Um, we will go into um, a workshop setting. And it's not a workshop where I know there are some writers who are like, oh my God, workshop, no, I don't want feedback. It's not a feedback workshop. It's just called a workshop because we are working together in a shop-like format. You know, like pretend we're in a, a shop, like a store. And we're gonna work and we're gonna create some words together. Um, we're going to use language and writing as a way to explore our inner selves, to find out where we are, who we are, how we're being, and where we want to go from here. You know, it's hard to know what's in our minds, in our subconscious, and then try to figure out the solution to whatever is bothering us in our minds. When things are intangible, it's a little harder to get a handle on it, to understand the problem and to find the solution. So writing is the tool in which I use to help folks really get concrete with what's happening inside, which with what's happening intangibly. We get the words down on the page. Then we st stand back and look at it and say, oh, okay, so that's what my brain looks like. That's where my mind is. That's where my spiritual positioning is right now. That's where I'm at. Okay, cool. Seeing that can only help you grow even more. And then in the afternoon, after we have some awesome lunch outside, we have a picnic outside, you have the whole afternoon to do what you would like. You could take a nap, you can do a little writing. If you're a writer and you have a writing project, you can work on that. You can go for a beautiful hike. There's a hike near the facility that is amazing. This really beautiful mountain, um, a hike that I've done before and it's it's really great. Um, and then in the evenings we'll gather together after dinner for a sacred healing circle where we'll do some rituals to help release some of the things that are holding us back from being who we are, who we authentically have been called to be. Um, and to tune into what areas of our lives need healing. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm so excited for this retreat. And, and so, you know, after four days of this, you will go home feeling lighter, feeling more yourself, feeling like you can finish that writing project if you're a writer, or that you can then become more of who you are meant to be, to be that person rather than doing, to trust yourself more. All these things that we're not taught are things that you will learn and, and be able to take with you once you come on retreat with me. And that's not like any yoga treat, retreat that I've heard of. So that's just putting that out there. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's what I'd like to offer for you for this podcast today. So think about retreats in general, like what does it to mean? What does it mean to rest, to really rest? And what can you do with that space of resting? And I don't mean do, I meant what kinds of things can you notice 
in who you're being as you are resting. Okay, to close the episode, just as a little side note, I mean, a little something different, I'm going to break out my tarot cards. This is the Lightseer's Tarot by Chris Ann. And the card I'm going to draw today to send you off into the world is Nine of Wands. If you can see that nine of wands, and so I will read the um, the little guidebook on this. So nine of wands is determination, resilience, defiance, the final push, excitement for what's to come, finding motivation in the face of difficulty. Nice. So don't give up now. You're almost there. As you round the corner towards success, something may surface that threatens your feelings of security and achievement. It's important to remember how far you've come. Don't see this minor deceleration as a symbol of failure. Step into your resilient last stand, one final push to complete this task. And tomorrow, stunning light, you can rest. Uh In shadow, this card suggests you are making things harder than necessary or being overly defensive. You may be inadvertently choosing the more difficult path because you believe on some level that healing and ascension should be difficult. This is not true. Sometimes we become, we become so enamored with our stories of rising up that our own shadows become romantic notions that we seek to defend. Let go of any ideas you have about navigating specific lessons on the path. Your time to relax into security and success is on the horizon. And there's a quote here. I push beyond my own perceived limitations and I remain open and trusting as I do. And that my friends is our episode. So to close, the divine light me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. Healing is so necessary for women writers of color. Whether we know it or not, our traumas hold us back from expressing and becoming our truest selves. How can we be more present to this? How can we create new ways of understanding our hurts so that we can heal them and step into our life's purpose with radiance? Follow me on Instagram for messages of healing and support as you walk this journey that brings you home to yourself. Find me at this handle, at Yogi. S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N-Y-O-G-I. Or visit my website to learn more at suryagian.com. Your best healed life starts now.